welcome to the Fran Flower Podcast. This is episode number 56, joined by a very special guest. This is Bike from Get Seeds right here. Thanks for joining me, Bike. What's going on? Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, sorry, just getting set up here. Good. How you doing? Good. Good. It's our second time around. We uh we actually did this earlier last yesterday, and then I, I fucked up on the audio. But um Oh, it's all good. Just get a review on uh, what we talked about. So, I guess yeah. so, so. For the people out there that aren't aware, so Bike and Get Seeds right here, they've been a long term sponsor of my content. Uh, we just started talking about like a month ago. By the way, if you guys want to get a special deal at you know Get Seeds right here, you can use my discount code LMC10 to get 10% off your order. Um, but let's, you know, I want to have you on because I want, you know, my audience to kind of get to know you. Uh, everyone that I've talked to about you, they've all, all my, all my viewers, they've all now on the Discord. They're like, oh yeah, this, this guy, they're legit. They're a real deal. Um, but I wanted to, my audience to kind of get to know you better as a person. So I guess let's start out where, you know, where are you from? How'd you get into the seed game? How'd you get into cannabis? You know, kind of the overview. Sure. Um... What a long, boring story to even think about. But to sum it up, I grew up in Massachusetts, um, moved to Colorado 15 years ago. Didn't know, I knew one person, but he was from Massachusetts as well. I didn't know anyone. There was no dispensaries and we used to still buy our weed downtown in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, then after a year of being here, um, dispensaries started opening up all over the place. There was probably too many, but no one was complaining. Um, what year was this around, by the way? This is 2012 this happened. So right uh, right when they legalized, pretty much. No, no. Um, I'm going back. I'm sorry. Going back in front. When I, that, that's wrecked. When I first got here, the, the medical dispensaries weren't a thing. And that happened in 2008. Um, that's when they started popping everywhere. And um, <clears throat> The, that's when everyone was just looking at Colorado because there was so much weed coming out of here. Um, it probably always was a lot of weed coming out of here, but um, now there was more weed coming out and everyone like knew about it, knew it was a thing. So everyone had a friend in Colorado, they called them and got busy. And uh, again, I didn't have a place. I, I didn't know anything about weed besides I like smoking it and uh, how much a gram was on a scale. Um, so... I saw this going on and wanted to become part of it somehow and just kind of faked my way into it. Like I didn't, uh, I didn't have stuff, but I knew people with stuff. This is all happening on Facebook. Um, I was turned into a Facebook middleman for dispensaries. Uh, I I never touched, never laid a hand on any of it, but I knew a guy who had something and I knew a guy wanted something. So I linked them up together. And then after a while, people would start coming to me looking for it. And um, that's how I kind of got to know the people that I got to know in uh, the Colorado weed game, at least. And then with Facebook, I knew everyone in Cali, too. Um, this is this is like the first generation, uh, the first run through of the, the online weed scene uh, when Facebook was still pretty was relevant. It was really big and Instagram was just getting started. Um, as far as the weed scene, at least now it's all Instagram and very little Facebook. But I uh, got into seeds um, <clears throat> because I was, you know, selling weed here and there while I was middling weed legally. Uh, I bumped into a guy who saw me selling stuff on Facebook, a local guy here, and said, <clears throat> Why don't you try to sell my seeds? People would love to have some seeds. And I'm like, Really? Don't they like take the seeds out of the weed and throw it away? And I don't think people would want seeds. And he said, just post them up. It couldn't hurt. So we came up with a price and he told me what they were. And um, I couldn't believe it. He was, he wasn't kidding. They all sold really fast. It was only about 10, 10 packs of regs. And it was like a, it was an OG cross and people were stoked to have them. And I was shocked. This was all new to me. And, um, the amount of people that were into seeds back then was not even a lot compared to who, who's into it now. And um, so I got some more seeds from my friend Brett and posted them up and 
they sold as well. And I would got, got different seeds and I started getting requests and people started asking me for seeds and seed seeds. So I started seeing a little potential in this. So um, at the same time, this is about 2015 now, um, my friend Colin, who runs a seed company called Ethos, just started and said he wants me to start selling the seeds. He didn't have anyone else to sell them. So uh, he's like, here, here's a shoebox. Um, and they were back in the day, it was a shoebox, and inside of it was a baggie of seeds with a label, with, you know, written what they were, some um, those little pucks, those little pucks people used to put dabs in, and then the packaging, and then the glue to close it. I had to assemble everything and post pictures and sell them. And people started never heard of Ethos, but they were they were buying them because they couldn't get seeds anywhere else, and they started having good results. And um, a lot of people started posting pictures of what they were growing and that got, that started like the snowball effect. And <clears throat> uh, now I sell more ethos seeds than anything. And seven years later, I'm still selling them, selling them around the world. And um, with a, a, added a bunch of other brands along the way. And yeah, that's pretty much how we go into seeds. And now I'm doing seeds and clones. Uh, I don't know how that happened last year. All of a sudden, I saw all the big seed banks getting into it. So I said, well, we're going to do this too. And that's that started in last May. So we're 10 months now, and we sell out every week. We don't have a ton. I'm just working working out of an 8 by 8 staying in the legal limit. And uh, people like clones. It's, it just it came out of nowhere. It was a pleasant surprise. And then... Um, I forget what else we talked about when we talked about this. What, what was the other question you had? Um, so yeah, I got a, I got a whole list of questions. I'm yeah. curious, and we'll jump, we'll kind of jump around on some of those. But I'm curious, um, what, how many seed banks do you think there are out there nowadays? Legit seed banks? Yeah, just That's in general. There's a lot, right? Um, there's at least a dozen that everyone knows. And then there's probably a dozen that some people know um, that I can think of at least. And then there's all like the, the new guys. Um, they, I don't know if they can, if they can pull it off. It, it would be hard to start a seed bank right now. I think with all the competition, mm -hmm. I was probably lucky to start when I did seven years ago. Um, and uh yeah, I don't know how I would start now. I'd probably just do the same thing, grind out Instagram, but uh, you have to, like everyone has the same seeds. There's only so many breeders that people are interested in. Um, and there's a lot, but there's like, you know, there's, everyone knows them. So there's not, you're not gonna find a seed bank very often that has something that no one else does that's amazing. So like you can find what you want at a number of seed banks, if they've been around I and mean, you can check their reputation easily. So that's all you got to do is find what people want to, people are buying, sell those as well. Cause you know, they're going to sell and do, do it fast. Uh, we, back in the day, I used to ship orders the same day I got them. I can't do that anymore, but uh, that was a big selling point that people loved. They love getting them fast. even though they're just going to go in their shoebox or post it on Instagram and say, look what I got. Um, Faster the better, more freebies the better. People love stickers. Um, if the seeds don't pop, you're willing to replace them somehow. It's one good thing about Ethos; they no questions asked. If they don't pop, they just set them out of back, and that usually makes them happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. Um, it's been interesting to see because you're kind of an Ethos flagship store. Would you kind of say that flagship? Kind of I say that because I I've been selling them longer than anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a solid year that it was just me selling them, and then uh, it didn't take long for other seed banks to get on that because everyone wants stuff that just sells automatically, and that stuff <laughs> sells automatically. Yeah, yeah. I got some. I got some right here that you sent me. Some ethos. Um, yeah, I'm excited. You kind of you helped me start my collection. Really, got all these different. All these different amazing seeds that I'm, I'm excited to eventually pop some of them. But um, is it? What are you say? 
I was gonna say, are these, those are your first seeds for your seed collection. Um, I have I have some seeds from my homie Brainstrap over. He's actually in Colorado. He's over Area Four Twenty. Um, yeah, I haven't. You know, like I said, I've kind of just gotten into the whole seed slash genetics. Like I really, you know, I knew I've known I've known a decent amount about it, but I haven't really. You know, until until I did that compound genetics documentary, I wasn't really that tuned into the whole strain game, the whole genetics game. And, you know, that was about seven, eight months ago, six months ago when I did that. And so I've just been studying, you know, I've been studying like cannabis, all different types, all all, all aspects of cannabis for the last, like, I mean, I've been, been around in cannabis, you know, since I was 14, really. But so, but really like the industry you know, the last three or four years. And, um, you know, seed isn't kind of new to me. It's kind of funny. That's why, you know, I, after I, you know, I've started to look now into the whole seed game and you, you know, you hit me up and then I've also, you know, I've become pretty close with, you know, compound genetics and some other breeders as well. And some other, you know, I haven't really talked to any other seed banks, but, um, you know, that's what kind of led me into, you know, then doing stuff like the copycat genetics uh, documentary that I did. Um, and it's funny, right? So you sent me a, because we were, we were going to talk about this. Oh, yeah, that email. So, yeah. So right here, I got it shared right here. So this is from 2017. Um, Christmas Eve. I don't know. Olin, Olin Grant, right? So that's the original copycat, right? Olin Grant um which i thought was which is funny right um and so it's kind of curious too like the whole copycat genetics you know so i kind of did that whole documentary because i was just fascinated about it right like i didn't i didn't really i have no thing against copycat genetics really i mean i mean it got a little crazy after i put that documentary out but um you know it's it's kind of it kind of leads me to like you know, what's, what's your thoughts on, I guess, copycat? Because for people that aren't aware, right? So Olin was the first copycat and then the second copycat. Yeah, he's the dude who came up with the idea. I'm trying, I have, I'm going through that email. I have, the, I have his list from, from back then of what he had available, which is pretty interesting too. What do you have? Yeah, I'm fascinated on that. Let's see. This whole deal ended up being a train wreck. It never, it never happened. Okay, uh, Sunday Driver S one, Fruity Pebble OG S one, Wedding Cake S one, uh, Cool Whip Sunday Drivers Anniversary Cake, Mac Truck Driver, Rainbow Cakes, Fruity Pebs, Jilly Beans, Threes Company, Cortez the Killer, and Hubert. That's, that's wild. Wait, he had the cool whip back in 2017. <laughs> I say, yeah, cool whip with a seed, not cool whip, like not the Lit Farms version. Yeah, okay. but the cool is that the Runs version though? Is that the people like like the? I don't know, man. I never heard of any strain called Cool Whip besides the, the Lit Farms. Yeah, um, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've that's funny. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know what the process are. Yeah, and then do you know when Olin ended up passing away? I don't. I, lo I lost track of the guy after we had this train wreck of a of a deal. It just went so south so fast. Uh, that was the end of it. I just kind of moved on, and that was the last time I heard from uh, when I got my money back, December twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. Thank you, PayPal. Oh, PayPal helps say that. Yeah. yeah just, oh, yeah. It's it's funny because like. I'm curious, like, why do you think, um, why do people you think hate copycat so much? The the second one, at least. So his that, that's that's a good the question. That's a good question because I don't know why they hate him. Well, I mean, I think they kind of, I think he kind of trolls them, right? Like he kind of because you know we were are they just about triggered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think really what you know he's been, um, you know what he's done is he's. Because there's other, because we talked about this a while back, right? Like other people do what he does. Right. Just quietly. They just do it really quietly. <laughs> and the thing about copycat is his whole marketing tactic is to make a stink. I'm making a stink. I mean, the whole name copycat is just throwing it in people's faces. Whereas, you know, these other 
seed makers because he's a seed maker right you call him a seed maker right or i mean i, I no, guess right. i mean just making s ones and you're a seed maker uh yeah if you're working your own lines or i mean if you're just crossing other people's stuff you're a seed maker but work your own lines and make your strain and then work those um to be a breeder or basic breeder yeah um which yeah. i'm not I'm not but i you know i can recognize um yeah. and and the whole stuff i what i see is i saw like i said before i saw uh alien ted and i saw ivan both say in the comments of your video that he says he has our stuff but there's no way he had like he had it before we had it he said um and then i, I saw that screenshot of, of chris saying and he didn't have apples it's, it's fake he doesn't have apples and bananas so that's yeah. all i got um yeah i think so, i think what he does dude is, is like you know we talked about this yesterday it really is i i think more so is like cause I, in that in that video on instagram um uh where ivan and 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 ted from alien labs well you know in that in the end of that video somebody one of my viewers had sent me a photo of this conversation that ted from alien labs had posted it was a dm conversation with copycat genetics and oh yeah and it was him just saying oh i just buy a bunch of dutch treat or some shit like that and i just call it that so you know the, the question really is in my opinion is what is he is he just is he a seed maker or is he just lying completely and or is he just buying seeds yeah and there's and people who do that as well relabelers definitely doing Lots of business. Strainly, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's just it's just fascinating to me. You know, like I like I you know I have nothing against the guy, even though, you know, he's kind of a troll. Like we like I said, we talked about this yesterday, but like you know, he kind of has this whole idea of like, you know, I kind of relate him a little bit to like Six Nine, the rapper, where he's just trolling his way to the top. But the problem with that though is that. <clears throat> it creates so many enemies and it's, it's just not, it's not a system that can help you with longevity because it's just, I don't know. You're going to piss so many people off. I mean, I guess, see the thing about it though, is like if six nines music was so damn good that you couldn't ignore it, then maybe like, <laughs> the same thing, I got same you. thing yeah. in there. It's like, if his seeds were so damn good and I don't know how good they, I don't, I'm not commenting on that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not one to, you know, I just don't think that they're like anything better than what's out there. I obviously I mean we all know that they're not gonna turn out like his pictures with the with the purple hair and then the, the neon green and pink hairs. Thirteen hundred dollar, you know, seed packs. Right? Like, but hey, I mean if you can get I guess if you can get them once, you got them and get them once for get them. It's get just them bad good. business though, right? Because it's like, you know, it's, it's it's like the old school days, like I grew up with all my friends, we all started selling, you know, dope, but I kept going ten years on because I was just you know, I realize they just want people want good business. And if you like you're ripping people off, it's just not going to be good business. Now, okay. I think that that's just a double layered thing that he does, though, is I think he uses that. Like, I think he rips some people off. And then there's like the second layer where he like okay. he'll then he'll then sell. He'll have all of his people sell all of these packs and then they'll, they'll reference the website and be like, hey, those seeds are actually worth this much, but I'm going to give it to you for like 50 bucks or something you know, or, or hundred, you know, whatever it is. And Fueled I think the resale market. Yeah. Like it's uh yeah, the resale market he's done has been pretty, it's, I mean, he's, he's not a, he's not an idiot, dude. Like, you know, after I put out, it's just funny though, after I put out a documentary, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I knew, you know, he, <laughs> I had some of his like minions hit me up telling me, he was like, Oh, like we know, where, we know where you live and like all this. And I was like, you don't know where I live and like all this shit. And I was like, don't worry everyone around me. We all have guns. Like I don't give a fuck about that. I'm not, I'm not worried about some internet gangster bullshit. Like that's hilarious to me. Um, do they want to come do a video. Is that what they meant? That's what they should. That's what they should do. That's what they should do. I mean, I don't know what they meant honestly, but I was, uh, it was just, it was fun. It was just, it was just funny. I haven't, I haven't been in some kind of like internet bullshit like that in, in a while. Um, We're boring. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny though. I, I, you know, it's funny though, cause at the same time, like this is a, it's a big world out there and I don't necessarily think like, I don't think copycat genetics is going to stop anytime soon. You know, like it's kind of funny to me, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he's, you saw the people supporting him in the comments. It's like, that's all you need is like a 
just like same with like a, a band with one hit wonder like they can do summer tours the rest of their life and then one hit wonder uh, and make a good living so yeah exactly and and i guess you can i mean what can you do really what can you yeah. do you know you kind of it's kind of like you're you gonna know, tell him you know where he lives you're gonna to take that route and just be a tough guy you're just gonna forget about it and move on yeah 100 percent. like i i think more so what's funny like you know i i think that it's kind of funny because he's kind of a troll and i feel like people were saying this in the comments they're like oh this because you put it all together this is kind of a little bit of his like you know kryptonite kind of trolled the troll a little bit but you know i got i got i got i got no hate towards him at all too and like you know like i said welcome to come on my show i'd love mm -hmm. to interview him Sure, that would be great. That would be that'd be see, that'd be fun. I think I want to know what the strains really are. If, if... Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I will just, you know, and I people. I mean, he's got a lot. He's definitely got some fans for sure, but he's got a lot of haters too. Because I got, I mean, I haven't responded to like probably twenty different. I have probably twenty to thirty different like DMs that are from people I haven't responded to. I seen, I seen them. They're in my like my other inbox. It's like you know, people I don't know, like I haven't followed yet, but. You know, I'm going to get, I guess I'll get around those eventually, but I, I don't know. I'm probably going to leave it at that unless something new develops, but you know, well, it's fascinating stuff though. And, uh, you know, so yeah, but like I said, I was like, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm still learning this whole, this whole genetics world, the whole strain world, the whole seed world kind of. So it's been, it's been fascinating. Um, I'm also, you know, what I'm also excited for too is, you know, you're so get seeds, uh, you know, right here anybody watching right so they're so, so y'all are about actually so they're sponsor, so sponsoring a documentary that i'm doing on these fake accounts these impersonation accounts and i'm fascinated so what's your what's your thoughts you know we're going to get more in detail obviously within the documentary and stuff um but honestly the first know. thought is i mean i've seen plenty of people in the comments on this was this particular was on Compound's Instagram asking when their when their clones are going to be shipped that they paid two thousand dollars for and to find out that Compound let them know they don't sell clones and uh, they, there's lots of people spending lots of money on scams without doing any research. Um, smarten the fuck up, people! Like, what the hell? Like, Google a name, look and see if it's a .com or .org triple check it's not hard you can you can confirm you know where the real website is or you can google you can ask ask somebody go to the discord um don't just send your fucking money before you're are reassured a thousand times over or you find out there's a scammer and you save your money and i know people listening to this or someone has gotten scammed because there's so many of them or there wouldn't be so many scammers they know they're they're making money so they know it's good business and they're jumping on board so I can't wait to see this documentary, especially with that those uh, couple pieces of information you told me you got from some uh, some you know people involved of what's going yeah. on with that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, you know, like investing, we're still kind of investigating right now, but I mean, there's some pretty big people involved in terms of like, you know, I've been told that there's potentially organized crime there's some sort of you know international organized crime and i think there's you know that's one group that's like a major group that that's people have been thinking that that's that's what's happening there also like there's also a bunch of the smaller folks that are doing it and stuff but yeah i mean there's like real agencies that are like looking into it now because now that the game has gotten legal and these are all taxable stuff this is where it comes in where now you know, people are going to start to enforce it a little bit more in terms of, I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I'd be, I mean, that's obviously impossible to know how much money, but like how much money do you like, if you, you know, how much money you think has been made off those, those fake accounts, you know, impersonating the jungle boys or compound junkie or, you know, and even, even people like I was saying phone for smaller breeders, fake breeders too. They got all their bases covered. They live in the comments of the of the Instagram. We just wait for someone to ask how to get into it. They'll say DM me and they'll DM the person and next thing you know, they're they just sent uh all their Bitcoin away. I know, yeah. And they usually they use care. crypto, right? Like you're saying. All crypto, unless the, the, the some of the new people will still use Cash App or Zelle or any of those. 
yeah no it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see because it's there's some pretty realistic ones out there like i there's this one there's this one toluca lake collective one there's a jungle boys one there's like i i've talked to ivan about this and he's told me he's like yeah it's impossible like i've been trying everything in my power to first of all stop the fake packaging stuff but second that's another thing holy shit yeah that's a whole different beast i've covered that in actually a number of different videos where fake packaging is a fascinating one because it's like it's actually kind of a good thing for well it's a bad thing if it's like for example you're getting like fake cookies and like there's a cookie store in the state it's a good thing for those companies though if you're getting fake cookies packaging in a state where they're not there yet it's not good for the consumer by any means obviously which is it's yeah that's that's make that clear obviously but it's um yeah the fake packaging is is fascinating but it's it's going back to to the instagram accounts it's it's funny because like these people will buy like three hundred thousand fake followers and they'll put all they'll just take all the posts from the actual jungle boys account and they'll just repost them and then they they look somewhat realistic i mean it's obviously it's like yeah yeah, people need to do their fucking homework it's kind of crazy actually at this point because it's like I don't know, grow, I'm, I'm a little younger in terms of like us growing up, like, like I'm the last year of millennial. I was born in 96 and we're kind of like, I, I'm just on the edge of being called like a digital native, but like a lot of us coming up, like, I don't know, like we've been kind of trained to like, like first, like I, I, I swear like people that are digital natives, like we can like identify if shit's like, you know, been, you know, Photoshopped a lot better than I think. The people who aren't used to it are more... Yeah easier to fall for it yeah yeah and yeah and i think you know and there's also just i mean that's that's not to say that there aren't young people out there absolutely getting scammed because there definitely are um but maybe maybe less so but um yeah i don't know the whole the whole impersonation uh phenomenon is is fucking fascinating to me i'm i'm excited to get into that because it's you know i've been yeah i've been talking to some some of the some of the the, the bigger breeders that are involved with that, that that are involved with that but are victims of that really sure and, um i mean they're they're sick and tired of it because it also fucks up their business really hard because then it, it just puts more heat on them too when it comes to instagram and like you know people's yeah, like, oh, doing better than they ever have and then they get to deal with that bullshit as yeah like what the fuck yeah and exactly and so you know, I don't know. It's it's a it's a fascinating phenomenon to me, just in terms of, you know, it's one of these things that, you know, a lot of scamming out there. It's like I don't know if you've been seeing all these. Uh, I don't know if you know this YouTuber named Coffeezilla. I think I might have mentioned to you a while back, but he he exposes scammers online, just different types of scams. And but there's a lot of scams that go on in the cannabis industry. You know, I watched um, Kid Kid Boga. What is that? There's a dude named Kit Boga on Twitch who does that. Yeah. He, does, he does it live. Yeah. He just called. He, he has his numbers in with a bunch of like known scammers, and he'll just kill their time for eight, 10, 12 hours. That's hilarious. Have you seen the? Have you seen the guy who? Uh, there's a couple of these people that do that, but they're like they're like their whole there's whole teams of them, and like there's like a whole phenomenon of like of Indian scammers that'll like you know they target older people. Sure. And it's, you know, it's not just in India, it's all, it's all over, but it's all over the country, it's all over the world, but they'll target America, older American, American, like folks that have, you know, some money that, you know, are going to be able to easier manipulate. And this guy, what he does, he does it, he does it live or he'll, or he'll, he'll record it, he doesn't do it live, but he'll record it. And it's like him having this voice changer as like an old grandma voice. Yeah, this guy and, does he's a, and he's a hacker and he's a whole team of hackers, like all around him. And like, literally what he'll do is he'll be like, because what they what they ask for is that you have to open up like you have to open up uh, what's it called uh, it's like to help so like they can see your screen right yeah. yeah and what that does though is it opens them up though to being attacked so what the what the guy will do is he'll end up while he's talking them through and like in his grandma voice kind of acting stupid you know on purpose he'll he'll meanwhile be taking all of their files yeah and he'll lock all of their files and at the very end he'll be like why are you scamming people why are you and then he'll and then he'll just delete all of their files he'll delete everything yeah right in front of them yeah and it's it's on it's honestly one of the most hilarious things i've heard but this other dude not to get off topic it was super oh, funny yeah. this dude will go and he'll like because the scammers 
will ask to be paid in Amazon gift cards. I don't know if you're yeah the gift cards, Google, the Google Play gift cards, or like those. Or, kind or of Amazon things. is a big one. So this guy would go out and bought whatever a thousand or thousand gift cards, and was playing dumb with them when the scammer was telling them how to enter it. They would just go on Amazon and buy something with it and send it to their own address, and the, so the scammer got to see them spend all the money in front of them. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so funny. It's crazy because, you know, just on the the topic of scams, like I I can't tell. I mean, you know, I have I had a friend who a good buddy of mine who I used to sell a lot of weed with. He ended up getting involved in one of these boiler rooms on it because he he ended up becoming a felon and he ended up becoming a felon because he ended up getting caught up with like a bunch of packs and stuff. And so uh, anyway, he was... uh, these like boiler rooms they'll recruit from the they'll, they'll recruit from you know these different like rehabilitation like criminal rehabilitation or like fe- you know felony rehabilitation programs so they'll, they'll recruit all these quote-unquote criminals i want to say like that but like you know and it's like crazy it's like i think that there's like billions and billions and billions of dollars every year that people get scammed on it's like and it's all these scams that that's like, why it's not going away yeah, and then we see the crypto stuff. I mean, the whole NFT stuff. I mean, those are those are ninety nine percent of those things are absolute scam. They're just they're pumping dumps. Like if you were to do that with a stock, you'd be in jail. But because it's crypto, because it's NFTs, and they're not regulated yet, it's free game. You can do whatever the fuck you want, and it's like it's literally like fraud. But yeah, yeah, no, it's it's wild. It's we're we're kind of in the wild wild west when it comes to the crypto and the and the. Uh, and the nfts and and it's 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 fascinating with that so i don't know it's the whole the whole like scamming and all the fake accounts you know that's it's not cool but hey well hopefully we can put out a dope documentary there and help educate people on it because it really just comes down to education like people need to just understand like these are simple things that you could do to like avoid that just take just a little bit of extra time. Yeah, just a little extra research and looking at the right places and just making sure you got multiple sources that you're checking with or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so I'm curious. So what what are some of your favorite strains of all time? I'm curious if you have any. Time. I like I like strains that go long. Um, I have a friend that he doesn't grow anymore, but he had his GMO that he would let go 99 days. And that was like, just rattled my cage, like nothing else would. Um, and it was just thick, heavy, giggly buzz that like you can't get out of 60 day weed unless you don't have a tolerance. So I have a ridiculous tolerance. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of GMO, like, uh, but I'm a fan of the buzz from the 99 day version. Um, I like the GMO. GMO is cool. What's so wait? What's the 99 day version? What, what's that? Just it's the same card. Just my, my friend who grows it 99, not lets it grow 99 days. Flower. Oh, okay. Okay. He grows it. Yeah. 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 So it's got. Didn't want to confuse. There's no other version I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just longer grown. Okay. Um, Makes sense. <laughs> another one that has touched me deeply like that is uh, Ghost Train Haze, number one, that, 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 that has gone 12 weeks. Um, but this, is that Scott Reach or is that? Yeah, that's Red Dankness. Yeah, that's um, that's Neville's Haze times uh, Ghost OG, and so it just makes the the haze buzz like way more intense. In twelve weeks, it's just like wow. Like I, I don't think a lot of people have ever smoked twelve week haze or Ghost Train haze because they would think totally different about weed. It's not like it's like a different drug at that point. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this was, it's been a long time since I had that, but I'll never forget it. It's when I get to the reference point, I go real quick when someone says, what's your favorite strain? And yeah. um, it tastes like country time lemonade too, as well. It's like just a beautiful mm-hmm. taste. And um, that's when I did like the, the flavor and the buzz, but unlike the GMO. And this is very different different effects in those two strains. Oh, here's something else. This would be a good topic. We don't have to get too deep into it right now, but oh, yeah, let's do it. Um, and sativa and why they're bullshit. Well, let's go into it. Let's go into it. Well, why well, not a bullshit, but like why people use the terms the wrong way. Um, it's just like describing the structure of the plant, how the plant grows. And like, I'll tell you why this set me up. Someone sent me a 
uh, an email or they ask me about a strain. They're like, okay, well, my last question is what percent indica and sativa is it? And I'm like, that's a great question. And nobody knows. There's no instrument that figures that out. And if someone is, if someone is selling you weed or seeds or strain, they'd say they're telling you a percentage. It's this and that. Ask them how they got to that number, please, because they're going to stutter and stumble and not have an answer for you. And if they do, I mean, shit, like, I was taught that way as well. Like everyone is just taught indica sativa. Any bud tender in a, any. Oh my god! When I go into a store and a bud tender asks me, this is what I do now. I walk into a store, and they go, I go, they always go, looking for indica or sativa. And I just go, dude, I don't care. Like, like when I do have to go into a dispensary, that's what I say. Um, just give me the stuff that smells the loudest, uh, and is the most expensive because that's how unfortunately it works. The most expensive and the stinkiest. Yeah, wasn't yeah, indica sativa based off the look? It's not even based off the actual. Well, people say that indica was like a couch yeah. lock. It'll Sleepier, make you sit on the yeah. couch and relax and sleep and relax. Anxiety uh, and sativa is uplifting for housewives to get get stuff done. Um, and so, I've had weed that does that. You probably have too. It gives you energy or makes you tired. Like, but that's what it did to me. If you give it to ten other people. They are not going to have the same experience as me. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's I, I couldn't agree more. It's just it's going to be. I think in the future we're going to head to this place where I think we're like probably like fifty years from now, or maybe twenty five. I don't even know, but it'll be eventually where because I work. I have this company that I've worked with a little bit. Um, one of the first episodes I actually had on this podcast was the was that CEO of this company called Endo can of dna and um and you what you can do there you can use my discount code by the way there too it's called let's talk 15 but what they do is you send in your you send in your dna or they take it from like a uh what's those what are those ancestry.com or 23andme you because sure, they, yeah. they all pull it all together it's kind of creepy actually to think about it because they pull everyone's dna together so it's easier for all the companies to just take from it meaning that there's profiles on all of us it's kind of kind of creepy but um, they won't make each other look stupid yeah yeah but like you send but you send in your genetics or you send in your dna they analyze it and then they make a bunch of recommendations based off you know you know, they, they analyze your, your endocannabinoid, you know, endocannabinoid system. And then they also do some like qualitative, like some nurture, some nurture stuff. Right. So they look at the nature and then they, they get, you know, they talk to you, but, you know, it's still, I think in a phase where it's still developing out, like there needs a lot more, but I think in the future, it'll get to a point where people will be able to get more like design cannabis for themselves, or they'll get recommendations of like, Hey, this is what's going to be good for you. And I think that's, I mean, that's going to be fascinating to see when that like starts to really develop out and we see, you know, that when, uh, when the green light is lit for real science to get involved. Yeah. Uh, when federal limitations make that possible. Um, that's what will happen. You know, like right, right now, you know, it's, it's not in Colombia. It's, it's like it's all doctors and scientists running the medical marijuana program there. Or Israel. Israel is really big there right now. But they do have programs. So they have stuff that you never heard of here. Um, and, they, and they supply a lot of the world, uh, too, with, you know, a lot of CBD stuff. But, like, a lot of places, like, um, where they don't have medical marijuana programs. Like, I have a friend in London, England, who gets legally stuff shipped in from Canada where mm-hmm. it's legal there. So, like, there's countries supplying other countries, which is pretty weird and interesting. I think that'll all happening here for us too yeah it's funny yeah a lot of a lot of the big canadian companies up up in canada you know they had a little bit of trouble because they haven't really been able to come down i mean they have now in different ways like they'll do uh they'll do like part like they'll do like oh they'll do like option like deals or like oh we're gonna buy your company once federal legalization happens right or stuff like that but they haven't been able to bring their market down into the u.s and think about this. I mean, Canada is only what thirty-five million people. I mean, that's that's the state of California by itself. I think. Sure. I don't even know actually what the what is it forty-five million? Cal- I can't even remember. But um, 
So then they've kind of had to figure out other ways to generate revenue. And one of the ways has been signing all of these medical contracts with all these different countries that, you know, are going to import it. Like, you know, they're going to import it all over. So it has been fascinating to see the medical side of things where, you know, these companies have started to really become global companies, you know, really mainly through the medical side of things, right? The recreational is, is all fragmented and it's just starting to develop out. So it's, uh, it's fascinating to see. It's definitely fascinating to see. Um, yeah, no, but it's, it's going back to your point though, the whole Indica Sativa kind of dynamic, it's, it's, it was necessary for the time period, I think, where, I don't know, but it was not, it works. Simplified. It's, it's simplified. Yeah, it did, it's easy to get, right? It, it did. Um, and it's something that makes me think, can we ever get out of it? Can we ever re-educate everyone? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I, I think, I think it'll be there forever in a sense, but I think, I think maybe a hundred years from now, maybe we'll be out of it, but it'll, it's going to take a lot of education, a lot of science, a lot of research and, you know, yeah, it'll be because, but right now it's how easy is it? Cause everyone walks into a store and everyone gets an indica. They understand what indica sativa means. Even like people that know nothing about cannabis, right. They all understand that. Listen, they all understand that. Like you got oh, the other thing about that, all of these places, that say they have indica sativa, have that they have hybrid strains like every other place. Show me an indica strain. It's hundred percent indica. Like when was the last time you saw that? It's yeah. been I I probably have, but it's been a long time. Um, I mean, everything's so cross now. I mean, there's indica, there's indica looking cannabis that's straight sativa or mainly, you know what I mean? Or it all looks hybrid actually. To me. Yeah, it all looks. It looks all yeah, especially now with all the purple influence coming in, where it's like really muddled everything. Because everyone's like, oh, purple, there's another indica. It's like no, dude, that's like a like a seventy thirty like sativa, you know. So, and how did you get that number? Yeah, exactly. How'd you even get that <laughs> fucking number? Exactly. And 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 then also, you know, I guess another kind of in the same vein of this topic is what's fascinating about like the whole, you know, I hadn't really thought about like this, but you know, and I, I always get, you know, whenever we goes, oh, like it's 30% THC, blah, blah, blah. You know, everyone, you know, it's like, bro, that doesn't really matter at all because you could, that could get you less high than a 20%. But what somebody explained to me recently, which I thought was a good way to put this is the percentage doesn't necessarily matter at all of the THC content, but what it does show is how well you developed out like the tur profiles and the other cannabinoids. I thought that was interesting. So it's an indicator of, but who knows though, because indoor particularly grows, you know, indoor grows, you know, some crazy THC percentages, but outdoor, I mean, the sunlight is the best possible thing to develop your turp turp profiles right like sun sun is one of the best things for developing turp profiles that's what i've been told so yeah, that's why outdoor sometimes actually has some better turp profiles or you know i guess that can become somewhat subjective i mean i mean i guess you could test it and see different different for sure yeah i mean they're just different but i don't know it's that whole the whole area is just, it's, it's fascinating to see it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fascinating to see um all that develop um so I'm curious, so like running a seed bank, so what are, I guess you kind of talked about this a little bit more, but you talked about this a little earlier, but what are, I guess, some of the difficulties of running a seed bank? Um, what are some of the challenges you think? That's a good question. Um, making everything run as smooth as possible uh, and coming to terms with the fact that you're not gonna make everyone happy, no matter how hard you try. Um, we're pretty consistent. We do the same thing over and over, and there's always going to be someone. I had I had one today uh, who said his uh, seeds took two weeks to get to him, and it sucks. And you can't make someone like that happy. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do there. I mean, yeah, you got what he paid for. He got just didn't get it in time, so uh, that would be. The number one thing because people are we can't do it without people and the, the goal is to just make as many of them happy as you can so they come back and i tell our friends um running a seed bank on a small scale easy like any business the busier you get the longer it takes the more issues there are but just a matter of getting dialed in um don't grow too fast 
carry brands that aren't going to bankrupt you. Wow. Brands that, wait, so explain that to me. I'm fascinated about that. So what do you mean by that? So a couple of different ways to explain that. Uh, don't buy brands that no one's ever heard of that don't really have any pictures to show what they are. Um, no proof. People want to see what they're buying. And even though their pictures, their plants are not going to come out like any pictures they've seen. Maybe the same color, but you know, everyone grows a little bit different. It's going to come out a little bit different. Um, also do, if you're just starting off, don't carry expensive brands um, that can take a little longer to sell. People do buy the expensive packs. They just don't sell as fast as the 60, 80, $100 packs. Um, that's that's the main market, 50 to $100 packs. Stock yourselves with tons of those and you'll sell tons of seeds as long as um, you do the right thing and do it fast. And that's all I care about. Because there's plenty of choices for seed banks. We all know that. And I think that's why uh, I don't see any beef between seed banks. I refer people to other seed banks when I don't have something. And I think we all know we all have our own customer base. There's plenty of room. And there's still plenty of room for other people who want to do it too because there's plenty of people that have heard of me have not heard of other people and vice versa. And uh, there's plenty of people who never heard of both. So if they heard of your brand first, boom, you're in. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you want to start a seed bank? Maybe, dude. Yeah, yeah. I could be. Yeah, I don't know. I what I what I've been looking into is I really want to help. Um, I really want to help, like breeders, help market their stuff. You know what I mean? Help seed banks market their. You know, because I think like, I think it'd be so cool for like a seed bank to have like videos on all of their breeders and really you know understand the story behind the breeders you know what i mean you know i i i just i don't know i think that that it's definitely a selling point there are definitely people who only will do deal with certain breeders yeah well i think it's just like i think it's just people wanting to connect and understand the people because that's just what market that's like what branding is really is like you just you want to you want to tell your story and then you also want to represent these ideals that customers can connect with and then identify with and then want to join your tribe kind of right like yeah people want to associate with a brand for sure i feel like they're part of a team and and cheer them on um so if you can offer that and that's another another selling point on top of the service you provide and uh, give them a cool hat to wear yeah, no, we'll have to talk more about that because I've been, yeah, I've been, been wanting, I've been wanting to do something because I've been wanting to be on the marketing side more because I just feel like there's a lot that people haven't been doing on the marketing side of. You know why? Um, people are usually get really, really good at one thing. You yeah, know, a, a breeder can breathe the hell out of these uh, genetics, but he doesn't know how to take pictures or post them. Or yeah, if you have someone to market for him, then that's a team and. Uh, Sure, he's going to pay someone else, but he's going to make money that he wasn't wasn't making. So that, that's an improvement, right there. A hundred percent. No, exactly. And I, you know, I don't know breeding at all. I don't know how to breed. You know, I'm not. That's nothing I've dedicated my my time to. But I definitely know. You know, this. I know the story tell. I know the market. I know how to do that. So yeah, that's something valuable that, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's you know just being one piece to the puzzle. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I would, yeah, I would love to talk about that more. Um, so, yeah, let's, who are some of the people you carry in your seed bank? I'd love to go over that. Uh, I'll tell you who, all of them who I carry. Um, yeah. Ethos was the first brand um, I carried. I carried them, just them, for a long time. I had their their full line of fems and regs, and I also had um something most other banks didn't have which was unreleased ethos strains i would get uh some seeds from colin and stuff he was working on currently um that may or may not make the cut down the road a, a lot of it did so it, it's a chance for people to get stuff that um before anyone else a lot of people like having stuff before everyone else that's another story for another time but um uh, so it was just ethos for a long time. And then, um, oh, excuse me. 
Um, now I'll just go alphabetically. Uh, Bay Area Cannabis Seeds is this, this guy in Oakland who he gets all the hype stuff. There he is right there. Um, he, like It's local to him, so it's not even hype stuff to him. He doesn't know how good he has it. He knows he knows his good stuff, but like he's way, way, way ahead of the game. Like he had some Yehemi crosses a couple of years ago when I first met the guy. Um, wow. and I had just known of Yehemi from seeing in the cookie store here in Denver and smoking it. It was really good. So I'm like, I got some of the seeds and we grew some out and got some cool phenos. And, and uh, I was like, oh, I want to sell this guy's seeds. And, uh, and I did. And a lot of the people I get it don't know what it is yet, but they know they're in good hands because I'm offering it to them. And they always come back and they're like, wow. This was awesome because of this, or oh, this was this was neat because my my friend in California was surprised that I had this already because he can't even get it. So having this as a as an option is fun because the hype stuff is kind of expensive, and uh, this is a cheaper option to get it and crosses of it. So, um, Belief, who we talked about, who we're going to talk to you soon here. Um, he's like the one of the hardest working guys in the game. Uh, he's got so many crosses. He keeps, uh, and I sell, I sell his clones also. He has, has a hundred that he offers. I don't know how many he actually keeps, but um, he's got some expensive ones too. Um, hold on. Can we hold on one second? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so here, yeah, let me go through here. The um, cannabinology, I have a few things from them. They, have, they would do work some those stuff. I don't have those crosses, but they have some blueberry stuff, blueberry femmes from them, which are tasty. So then we go, I got Lovin' In Her Eyes, um, who is um, the, the head seed maker for Ethos. She, she makes all their seeds. Uh, all. She makes a lot of their seeds. And she uh, loves growing. She is probably the most uh, passionate grower I've ever met. She really loves her plants. Like, uh, like you, you should definitely talk to her about yeah. weed. You'll have a conversation like you've never had before. She'll tell you some – she has some different ideas. It's pretty cool. Um, she, yeah, load out her own. Yeah, so she has her own seed line out now. So I've been carrying her for a couple of years and – uh, so then, oh, <clears throat> then we have my private stash on here, which is just stuff that I've packed with seeds I've bought over the years that I know I'm not going to grow. Um, and it's just time to get rid of them. So there's a ton of those in there. There's a ton more to go in there. So then we go um, to Perfect Tree, who are these guys in Spain who are only distributed by... Uh, seed banks in Europe. You can't get them in America. So wow. luckily, like I was saying, I have a friend in the UK who orders them for me and ships them over here. So we have access to the perfect tree line. Then we have Savage Genetics out of uh, Las Vegas, Skunk House out of Cali. That's uh, another guy who did, uh, he's got the GMO stuff in there. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, Wolfpack Genetics, who's premiering on April 8th with their first drop. Uh, welcome to the Grow Tent, who is uh, actually got a huge YouTube channel. Uh, oh, I've, I've seen the YouTube channel. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's got a huge following. And um, then back over to France for smoothies. Those guys do some really interesting stuff. They have uh, this drop. They have is uh, an orange line, <clears throat> and people. I don't know. I'm sure people are sick of orange right now, but this is not. An, they got to orange. At, a different way they're not doing the same orange people are doing over here the tangy or the mandarins yeah i got the supreme nectar right here okay that one right there has uh yeah it's um okay. let me bring up the cross <laughs> that's the candies collection from yes um anyways it's old school it's like orange crush juicy fruit and um love it and some kush but it's yeah, it's like a, he says it's like an orange, freshly squeezed orange, and that's not the orange we have over here. Tangy mm -hmm. is a little bit different; it has like a body odor background in front of the orange in front, which uh, I'm not a fan of. So, 
just try to keep it a little different. Because like I said earlier, there's stuff, most stuff you can get in any seed bank. You just go look at one. If they don't have it there, they'll have it in the other. But stuff like smoothies and perfect tree, you won't find it in any other bank in America. So that's what you kind of look for as you look for kind of newer, like. I like I like the stuff that everyone wants, but I also want to give them something that I think is cool that they can't get easily anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Makes it more exotic. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'm curious too. So, like, how easy has it been with like sending seeds, just in general, like with the mail? Just has it been easy, hard? What places are hard to send to? What are you can kind of send anywhere, right? Seeds have become come so much easier over the years. Yeah. Um, America, there's never been a problem with seeds. Have been places that it, and still to this day, like uh, South Africa is. They have the most corrupt mail system in the world. It's next to impossible really? for me to get to South Africa. I, I won't ship there anymore just because they'll they'll show up uh, as missing on the track. Tracking nothing will happen, and then nine months later, I'll get an empty box back in the mail. So <laughs> we're not going to play that game anymore. Um, <laughs> they just take it. Even places. What's that? Oh, nothing in it. It's just completely empty. Yeah. Um, but like even places like Russia. Uh, China, Afghanistan, it's a lot easier than you might think to get a season to. Really? Even Afghanistan or, I mean, even China? The Philippines, man, where they'll shoot people for being on drugs. People still want, want weed. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Uh, and then and then places like Switzerland, sometimes they'll get taken. Like, what? <laughs> just, uh, just random. It's, it's hit or miss, but it's mostly hit. Um. I just had a guy in Pakistan hit me up Facebook and I said, I've never shipped to Pakistan. Let me send you a test package before to see if it gets there before you spend any money. Uh, he was blown away. He was so happy with the cannabis community at that point. He said, get a few good experiences. So we'll see what happens there. If they make it, then maybe we'll buy some seeds and uh, we'll try shipping to Pakistan. Yeah, but uh, I'll ship this phone anywhere. Isn't that kind of crazy though? Like the places that you know, all the stories of all the hippies from Northern Cali trying to smuggle seeds back from Pakistan and and, and Afghanistan, and now you're sending seeds there. I just I think it's funny. Even, even uh, people buy seeds from me in Amsterdam a lot, believe it or not. Yeah, you know, yeah, I believe it. We, we bought only bought seeds from Amsterdam for the longest time. So the tables have turned a little bit there. Yeah, it's it's funny how. Funny how things have uh, have turned around. It's just I progressed. Mean, well, it's just it reminds me too of I remember that whole thing that came out uh, like last year. That whole story of all of the exotic weed now getting smuggled over the U.S. Mexico border into Mexico now. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. Are we are we exporting? Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of like the like you know I don't know whether it's like it's all like the Cali all the hype Cali weed now getting shipped back over into mexico because wow. now the younger population in mexico is very what their cookies the zaza the cookie, you know like <laughs> that yeah like it's just funny like you know it's like wow like first time in how long has that ever been the case where we're you know i mean i don't think it's the first time ever cannabis is going back the other way which i think is it's just this is funny um i guess so let me go let's i got a couple more questions for you before we wrap this up is I guess, so what kind of makes hype strains in your opinion? And I know it's kind of fragmented and we talked about this yesterday, but what, you know, we talked a little bit about the different regional pockets. You know, I saw, I, I put a Instagram, I mean, I put a, uh, um, a YouTube, uh, not a reel, but a short. And I was just like, yo, what are some of the new, you know, what are some of the new, like what, what what's like the new era of strains that we're going to be moving into or strain, yeah. like dominant strain we're going to be moving into. And I saw, you know, shout out to, uh, his name Sir Dirty on, uh, on YouTube. Is he a viewer of mine? This homie of mine that I talked to. And he put it pretty well. And you also put it like this yesterday. It's like, everything's going to get more and more fragmented as time goes on potentially. But what, what's your thoughts though on, on the whole hype strains and. Yeah, this, my theory is the same thing that causes hype on anything else um somehow like los angeles just calls the shot so what's going to be cool 
and everyone's watching from the outside and they want it too. And then that circulates in California for a year or two. <clears throat> then, it's, then it goes east. It's funny, if you look back, like find a cookie strain that's popular now, if you scroll back on Berner's Twitter, two years you'll see him talking about it. That's how long it takes hype to build, I say. But yeah. Bernard makes a post. Two years later, it's going to be popular in New York. Um, now things are ha- happening a little bit faster. Yeah, now yeah, with, uh, faster. with other states legalizing, people are learning more about what's what. It's not just Green Crack and White Widow and BC Bud anymore like it was for a long time. Um, they're starting to get the good stuff. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Like I said yesterday, too, um, yeah, we're in the cookies era. Are we ever going to come out of it? Do they have a, such a grip on it that they're never going to let go? Because uh, they have all that money now, and that's really all it takes. You can, you well, can it does take money. I think it does take – because I think they have now – well, they have, like – they kind of have this infrastructure of, like, how to build. Like, they kind of build from within the culture, right? Or a lot of these bigger companies are coming from outside the culture, I think, which is – I mean, the whole idea of culture is such a broad term, and it's kind of hard to say, but, like – now that they have money, is it going to only accelerate more? Is it going to continue their, their reign of power from the, the GSC line? Or does uh, is it is the new standard for hype going to be like having a brand or you know, with yeah, merch? And because that seems to be the way things are going in uh, everyone in Los Angeles. If you, if you sell weed, you got a you have a label, you sell shirts, or you sell other merch too. Up well, front. it's a great way to also, you know, I've done this with multiple, I've helped many companies with this is like one of the, right now you can't, you can't, it's hard to uh, trademark your names, right? When it comes to cannabis, but what you can trademark is like a clothing company. It's one of the easiest things to do. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, mm-hmm. so you can build the IP through ancillary or accommodating, uh, or complementing, sorry, complementing products like clothing that you can send all over the world or, you know, whatever else it is, right? But Strain name brands, yeah. Yeah, so like most cannabis companies, how they trademark their stuff is they, they start a clothing company or they, it's so you just, you just Photoshop made, it has to be made by you, technically it has to be like created by you, which is, it's, it's this whole like. It's the, stuff. it's the mullet business model, uh, yeah. merch up front, weed out back. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And I had not thought about that. Um, uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think yeah, it's it's gonna be fascinating to see all the hype strains and how how they go. Um, okay, last question I have for you for now is I'm get I'm I'm curious of how much have do you, do you cater to a big homegrown market? How big do you think the homegrown market is going to be? Probably ninety percent of my business is homegrown. Uh, how big is it going to be? That's a good question. I don't I don't think it's ever going to go away. We did it before it was legal. And there was never really a shortage of weed. Um, summertime, a little bit drought sometimes, back east at least. Um, but we'll figure it out. I don't think uh, I don't think it's going to go away. It's a headache for some places. Like I, I got a buddy in New Jersey who was pretty bummed out when it was legal. He couldn't grow because he was he was all ready to. He was all but. The laws didn't stop people. That's my thing. Is I, it I did. It, it did stop this person. Like uh, really. some people just aren't going to do it because they don't want to break the law. They can't risk their situation. They can't afford it. So it's not going to happen. Other people are fuck it. So the boss, the one they're going to do it. So there's a mix of how it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fat. I'm, I'm excited to see the whole homegrown market build out. Cause I think it's- what, what's uh, your limits up there for homegrown. Uh, so we actually don't have homegrown there, even though, I mean, I do homegrow every year, uh, every every. Spring. Washington doesn't have homegrow for rec. No, no. What the fuck? I know. Well, there's a lot of these stupid fucking these these regulators that, or these a lot of these businesses out there, they have this whole preconceived notion that like, oh, if people are gonna grow their own weed, then like they're not gonna buy our weed, and it's like, dude, that's just not the case at all. Because first of all, 
most people don't know everyone going into a dispensary. They don't know me. How are they going to buy my weed? Yeah, I don't know. I just think that they just don't realize that it's actually going to only help their business long term because what's going to allow for is it's going to, first of all, it's going to create more breeders, what that will do. And more breeders means we're going to have more newer flavors. We're going to have more, you know, more, just more people like, like we're gonna have more people experimenting with weed. Also, one of the best ways to destigmatize weed is for people to grow it themselves to realize it's literally just a plant, you know? So it's something that helps, I think really help, really helpful with destigmatizing it and therefore going to lead to more people coming into the store to buy weed. So I, I really think it's only a benefit. And so these companies out there, these big corporations out there that are trying to kind of influence the regulators and policymakers to be like, oh, we don't need to do home grow. It's really stupid because if you look at the way, like I have some buddies in the alcohol industry, right? In the alcohol industry, you know, home, home brew is obviously much harder to do than home grow. But home brew is, is, is actually created some made massive companies. Like, I didn't know this, but, you know, you ever heard the Sierra Nevada IPA? Sure. So the, that guy who started Sierra Nevada, he was a home brewer. And there was these home brew competitions. And, and it created this, this massive, this, this dope IPA company, right? This craft company, right? And then there's awesome. also other, there's other examples of this, like that happening. So it's like home grow is really, really necessary to help develop out the, the culture slash the industry and the community so you know and, and it's and it's you know and then you know you're also at like kind of the heart of that right because you're just plying the seeds to you know for people and it, it's only going to help so for anybody out there that's against home grow reevaluate how you think about it because it's it's really a it's a positive it's a really big positive it's a good thing and companies out there against home grow i just i don't really support i think that they're how about this? Um, what, what do you consider a good amount of plants for that people should be able to grow? Uh, I think up to 12. I mean, 12, 25. I mean, dude, 12 plants. I don't know. I, I think there should be no real limit. On, I, I don't know. I don't. It's people aren't going to go unless they're trying to like really like, you know, grow illegally, I guess. Like, you know. Oh, my bad. My camera just died. Oh, you're good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 all that, you know, I don't know. I think it's 6 to 12. But um, anyway, though, we're going to wrap it up here anyway. Um, where can the people find you, by the way? You can find uh, me at getseedsrighthere.com. Yep, yep. And I'll put all the links down below um, to your description, in the description uh, down below. So make sure to check that out. Also, if you guys want to use my discount code, LMC10 at getseedsrighthere.com, you can get 10% off. Um but anyways, I really appreciate you for joining me, Bike. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you a lot, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Frame of Flower podcast, episode number 56 with my man, Bike from Get Seeds right here. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate y'all. Have a great day.